0: Welcome to the Red Shirts
1: Dynasty Podcast, a Ball Blast football production. Here are your hosts, Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, and John Helmkamp.
0: The Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast is back baby finally we are back okada is doing some sort of weird dance on the screen on he's YouTube. got like some, no some idea like what's fizz happening. dance from like 2006 yeah, so i'm not I sure what's no going words. on over there i have no words for what that is uh we are back we are so so excited to be back with you guys all three of us we were just talking before we started recording we were like it's been two two and a half weeks i mean our schedules are just crazy but we're back we're doing it for the people we're back boys how is everyone doing on friday we're, we're dropping this in your podcast app on Saturday by the way. Uh, and we got football tomorrow, so Happy Saturday. let's go. Happy Saturday. Um yeah. I am so glad that it is
1: Friday. I have had the longest most packed two weeks I could possibly remember. Uh, it was insane. I don't know how we even squeezed a two-man podcast into it uh, on our midnight recording, but yeah. I'm so sure. glad to
2: be back. It's good to be Dude, back. This is like Back back with the homies, man. Like this is mm. this is the oh, yeah. good stuff right here. You love it. And um yeah, I'm I'm so excited. We're we are in it. It is football season, it is week two. There are storylines galore, there are way more injuries than we'd like to see. There's Ugh. all kinds of stuff going on. Um the Big Ten's coming back for college football um yes, in late end October. Of October. So yep. that's that's good to see. Um, even though it's going to be a shortened season, but it's it's still going to be fun. So, yeah, man, it is football season. The boys are back in town. It is uh, recording sesh time, and I'm looking forward. to
0: Yes, it. for sure, uh, listeners. We apologize. We were like we came in hot and heavy in July. In August, we were crushing, and then all of a sudden, the season got here, and we were like, whoa, (laughs) Wakata is like non-existent, like Sunday to Wednesday, then our schedules are just not good for Wednesday to Thursday, and then we were like, well, Friday is it, so for the next couple weeks, we're doing a Friday recording, dropping in your podcast app on Saturdays. That is the plan, and we were like, you know what, maybe that's not the most ideal situation, but this is a Dynasty show. People love college football that listen to our show, so watch some college football, mute it. Put on mm. our show, and you're good to go for your Saturday. Or if you're at, I don't know, if you're outside doing a little yard work, working oh. out, whatever it is. Let's put let's on be honest. The Red Shirts pod. Our voices yes. are let's... much
2: more soothing than uh, Kirk Herbstreit, so you can just listen to us. And, <laughs> Although and they did a pretty Herbie. good job, he was fantastic. I, I'm just I'm just playing. Those guys were amazing on Monday night. Football. I mean, that was an awesome. To be fair, crew. the standard
1: for the Monday night football set very low. It doesn't take a lot to impress <laughs> us, but.
2: It was probably like a solid B effort, but to us, we were True. like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing that yep. has ever happened on Monday Night Football. No Booger Mobile, and we get Kirk Herbstreet talking. <laughs> so, it's, uh,
0: it's good oh stuff. Oh my god. I kind of miss Booger, just because nope. it was just nope. so fun to like, like New. Tuesday mornings, like whatever he said was like, are you serious? Yep. Like decaf Metcalf with the reception. (laughs) It's like, oh my god. (laughs) Him and his offensive line takes,
2: by the (laughs) way. Like, everything that he talked about, he's like, see what you have here in Shanahan's system is you've got a heavy offensive line (laughs) to the right side, and what they're going to do is they're going to crash down, and uh, Jarek McKinnon, on the outside run to the right, it was all offensive line. That was his entire analysis. That's all uh, he knows. uh, It's all he knows, yeah. Yeah. Good old booger. We couldn't get rid of him, though. He was still there on Monday Night Football (laughs) at halftime. I I was like, I demand a refund. I was told there'd be no booger before.
0: (laughs) I was told there'd be no boogers here, Uh, but there were. Uh, Anyway, I digress. Fellas, we're going to get into the news in just a bit. I want to remind everyone about the first sponsor of today's show. That is FantasyGo.com. Listen, it's redraft season. It's always dynasty season, but if you need help with DFS or redraft, like check out fantasygo.com. You can hire one of your favorite fantasy football analysts to help you out, set your lineup, talk strategy, talk trades, talk the waiver wire, whatever you need, they have it. And it's on fantasygo.com. So please check them out. And also check us out online, ballblastfootball.com. Don't forget to check out Kate and Michelle's show, our, our sister podcast, the Ballblast Football Podcast, and as well, Patreon.com/slash ballblast is the place. For an extra podcast each week. John and Kate just mm. recorded a great show talking about a little Paris Campbell love, which I i love that. Mm. Uh, uh an extra podcast every week drops in your app. You get access to the Slack channel, all sorts of good stuff. So check it out there at patreon.com slash ballblast. Bella should we get into the news? Yeah, yeah. I got great news, guys. Oh, oh, oh good news. Hey, news, done- news, yes. news, 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 news. news, news, news. In today's news, there is no salary cap. I have no idea None. what is happening, but the Rams just continue to sign players to multi-year contracts worth good money. They just signed uh, today on Friday, Robert Woods, to a multi-year extension. Only days after signing Cooper Cup to an extension as well. Um, man, Okada, I mean, you're t- you're tied into this stuff quite a bit with what you do. Uh, what's going on with the Rams? Like how? Like physically, how is this possible? <sighs>
1: I think they do some fancy stuff with loading different things in different years and signing bonuses and all that. but I think it's also important to note like we think of Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks as some of the bigger signings by this team and then they managed to offload those guys to other teams. And I don't know why or how. honestly, it hasn't worked out very well for them, but hey, they've got a team with some good players. We'll see if they get they worked out in week one. I'll tell you that much right now. Because they beat a team that maybe sure considered did. potentially one of the bigger contenders in the NFC. So,
0: I think they're uh, they're finding a way, man. I don't know what they're doing, but it's working. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. John, you... kicking over to you, man, with, with just your take on like the situation. So, now we right. have both wide receivers locked up for the next three, four years at least in LA. I mean, skyrocket, arrow up, right? Dynasty value, they're tied to a great offensive coach. What's your take there?
2: Yeah, um, clearly... McVay has his guys. This is the offense that he wants. Um, These are the players that he wants in his scheme with his quarterback. And these are going to be the receivers. It's going to be Jared Goff, Cooper cup and Bobby trees for the foreseeable future for dynasty purposes. Even though Bobby is 30 years old, he's still got that four year contract. Um, I haven't seen all the details. Like, I don't know if they have an out after two or three or, or kind of how's that's going to look, but, um, I think it's the best case scenario for Robert Woods is to stay in that system and to be in that with Sean McVay. Um, I mean, Cooper cup and Robert Woods for dynasty sakes are two top 15 wide receivers.
0: I think with the landing, like knowing that they're going to be here for several yeah. years, I, I buy that. I mean, with the usage is just crazy. It's just mm-hmm. so streamlined. We love that in our offenses with the Seahawks. They did it with uh, DK and Tyler Lockett. I mean, it's just so easy to predict on a week-to-week basis. I don't know about you guys, but I hate stressing about lineup decisions. I just know that there's players I can just hit the the lock button on and say, yep, they're in my lineup each week, and these two fit the bill. So I'm with you guys on that front. On to a couple injury updates. And real quick for everyone that is not aware, there is an injury tracker on the website, ballblastfootball.com. Mm. It's got way more information than we can even spend in an hour talking about here. So we're going to skip on a lot of the injuries. But the big ones for you guys to watch for in Week 2... A.J. Brown is out, a bone bruise in his knee. He's probably going to miss multiple weeks with this, guys. It's a pain tolerance issue, extremely, extremely painful to try to play through, lots of swelling, stiffness in the knee, those kind of things. So no A.J. Brown. Fellas, does Corey Davis have a pulse in Dynasty? I mean, week one, he he was the dude. He was the dude. Over a hundred yards. Yeah, play. listen. First time
2: uh, since 2018, I think it was. There's no
1: <laughs> use denying it. The man has a pulse in Dynasty. He does now. Uh, I think it's worth pointing out. And Bets, you you tell me if we know exactly when this injury occurred. But it seemed like AJ Brown was banged up in the game on yes. Monday. So yeah, it happened
0: in the first half.
1: Yeah. So I think that some people want to say, oh my goodness, look at what Corey Davis did on Sunday. Now AJ Brown is out. He's going to be even better. I think Corey Davis thrived a little bit from already Brown suffering. Right. So temper that a little bit. However, that being said, he did look so good. So over a hundy. Yeah, and looked solid. Like, it didn't just happen. He didn't have 15 targets, and that's why I did it. He just actually looked good. Yeah. I am somewhat interested, I suppose... And taking some flyers <laughs> on Corey Davis.
2: So, so here's here's the thing that happened today in a league with with bets. You're not in it because you're not cool enough. Sure. Um, oh, get wrecked! There was get wrecked. There someone in our league, um, Alexa De La Roca. Writes um, for
0: Dynasty Nerds. Great follow on. Yes, Twitter.
2: she's fantastic. Great person. Hilarious. Um, full of inappropriate jokes. It's wonderful. She (laughs) was shopping Corey Davis aggressively today and apparently sent out offers, I think, to the entire league. One of them came in to me. And it was Corey Davis for a 2021 second. And I pulled the trigger. I took it. Wow. I I got me some Corey Davis today for a second. I probably could have countered um i might have been able to get like an extra four thrown back in on the end but at, at some point you just kind of got to be like you know what like i don't want to mess around i don't want you know it's already sitting here in my inbox i think the value is fine i'm gonna take it he was a young guy he was super um hyped coming out of college great draft capital um, had Marcus Mariota, and it wasn't going well. But since Tannehill took over and the scheme that they have, we've seen him progress and show flashes of getting that confidence and and running cleaner routes and all these things. And he looked really good against Denver. And Denver's got a pretty solid secondary. And I was really encouraged about what I saw. So if I'm going to take a rookie in 2021 um, in the second round that – is going to have to be going through all the same stuff that Corey Davis is going through, or Corey Davis, who's already getting some rapport with his quarterback, I'll take Corey Davis.
0: It's interesting. It's, I mean, it's crazy, right? Because, like, a month ago, you'd probably be like, I'm not, no way. No, no. a month ago, no way. No way. Circumstances change. You see him on the field. I will just say, you know, like, he's a guy who, I I did an interview, I've told the listeners this multiple times, did an interview with ESPN Nation, Uh, reporter for the Titans Tron Davenport back in like May and I was like what's the deal with Corey man like is he are we done like is is there a brighter future ahead and he was like he lost the confidence but if he gets it back he's going to be a great player in this league they declined the fifth year option he's got that motivation potentially to come out and prove some people wrong big opportunity with AJ Brown missing multiple weeks we'll see man I mean I I've been scooping them up like in the past year or two for like a third, a fourth. Yeah. So I'm very happy with what happened in week one, Definitely. but I'm, I'm hopeful that it continues here uh, in week two and beyond. We shall see Michael Thomas, high ankle sprain, not looking good for at least this week. They play on Monday night football, of course, and then potentially longer. Uh, there's been a battle back and forth. Like the saints have been talking about putting him on IR. Of course, this year with COVID, you can do that for like two to three weeks yep. and then bring someone back. And then he's been saying, no, like I'm going to come back faster. Don't bother doing that to the team. So it's kind of like two sides going back and forth. But fellas, I mean, is Emmanuel Sanders going to step up in this role? Jared Cook, what do you guys see here for the next like two-ish weeks? Or maybe Traquan Smith with Michael Thomas out. Mm, I like the first two names.
1: Uh, And and give me some (laughs) Camara. I think that they will all split up his work a little bit and take a slight bump. Uh, but it's not, no, I don't expect Trey Smith to suddenly rise up and become a wide receiver, too, for fantasy or anything like that. Maybe he has one big game in this little stretch, but I'm looking at those other guys who just kind of split up his work.
2: Yeah, I think that's how it's going to go. Um, I think that the biggest, like, clearest beneficiary of this is going to be Alvin Kamara, who's going to be leaned on more heavily, both on the ground and in the passing game, because Michael Thomas isn't there to Move the chains and and be the favorite target. He's going to be the favorite target of Drew Brees now, like in in every aspect of the game. So um, I think he's the clear cut beneficiary. But um, it's bad news for Brees. It's really bad news for Brees and his value, especially this year. Um, they've got a pretty good defense going there. They look pretty stout against Tampa Bay in Week One. Um, and if they mm. can just if they can just rely on the defense and uh, run the ball and you know give eight carries to Latavius Murray to you know punch it up in the gut and then give Alvin Kamara more work out of the backfield. Then I think that's probably what they're going to lean on. I don't think this is going to be an incredibly high scoring, high flying offense like we're used to seeing out of New Orleans,
0: especially in this week, right? Right. They play the the Raiders. I mean, they barely beat the Panthers, and the Panthers are so bad on defense. So, yeah, I think that New Orleans defense is going to hold them in, in check for sure. And then from there, yeah, I agree. Latavius Murray can come in and get a lot, a lot more second-half work. Uh, and then Kamara, just a huge weapon out of the backfield. We know through the research of Kyle over with the Fantasy Footballers, my co-host on the DFS show, just talks about it all the time. Targets that go away go to the running back. Alvin Kamara is going to smash his yes. yearly average of 81 career receptions every single season. Uh, very excited to see him excel because it was a weird two weeks there at the end of August, right? Like the back thing and then the contract thing. Like I'm just happy to see him succeed in week one. Hopefully he continues there with Alvin Kamara. Fellas, last one. George Kittle going to miss this week with a knee injury. Jimmy Grappolo, for the love of God, throw it at the numbers. My, my Lord, my heart sank because I have so much George Kittle because on this show we always say... We want the elite tight end. I have yeah. so much George Kittle, and when I saw him come down, the defender's helmet just smashed in the front of his knee. I was like, oh, dear Lord. Yeah. Please don't be it. Uh He's going to be out this week. Okada. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to ruin the, the headline because we're very excited to talk about Brandon Ayuk later. <gasps> he is going to play in this game coming off of a hamstring injury, but outside of Ayuk, mm. is there anyone else that you see stepping up? Maybe a Jarek McKinnon who was on the field quite a bit last week yeah uh, I
1: almost wanted to bring it up when when John gave a little side eye shout out to Jared McKinnon and his booger impersonation because <laughs> Jared McKinnon is not a name that has been in the mouth of any announcer over the past two years and he looked like he was doing something this week <laughs> he and looks good doing it well. I was impressed and happy. He is one of my starting running backs on that terrible dynasty team that I've watched a few times. I love it. So I love to see it. <laughs> um, yes, I think he could get a few targets. I, I will say this. No one is going to take Kittle's place. No. there is that We're not going to see Jordan Reed... Step up and have ninety yards and a touchdown. Sorry, dude. I don't know. They're playing no. the Jets. No. Well, okay, that's true. They are playing the Jets. It'll probably just mean they're up by fifty by the end of the first quarter. With with three with three defensive touchdowns. Probably. Yes. Yeah. Moster will have a hundred fantasy points, but right. It's gonna be it's gonna be a split up thing. Is Jordan Reed gonna see a few targets? Yeah, probably. Yeah. But I think. McKinnon will see some. Mostert will see some extra targets. He actually was tied for the lead on the team last week. Kendrick Bourne will see some. Trent Taylor will see some. He also saw five targets last week. Kyle Juszczyk will see some. It's just the way that this 49er system works is Kittle and then just a random... Shanahan takes like a bag of sand and throws it at the team and see who's a little bit (laughs) sandy. And he's like, all right, let's throw it at that guy, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> so that's going to be what it's like just without Kittle on front. And it's going to mean that Jimmy G is probably not very good. Now, playing the Jets means that covers a lot of uh, failings in your weaponry because they have none on either yep. side of the ball. So I think he could still be okay. But, well, and then there's one wide receiver that we haven't talked about yet, and we'll get to that. But We'll talk about him. We'll, yeah, don't worry yeah. about it. We'll talk I, about yeah, him. yeah, 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 yeah.
2: I kind of feel like this is going to be a game where they're just not going to ask jimmy g to do much 12 passes yeah it's gonna be like playoff niners last year where it's like we're just gonna dominate you with the defense because your offense is the worst offense the jets offense the worst offense in the nfl in probably the last decade with the weapons that they have out there right now it is so so bad disgusting um, they're just gonna go out there and dominate them on defense. Probably come up with two or three turnovers. Maybe one of those are a pick six that runs it all the way back. Who knows? They might throw a punt return for a, for a touchdown in there as well. Um, and Jimmy's just like, we're just gonna we're just gonna hand it off, and and when I do throw it, it's gonna be behind the line of scrimmage or three yards in front of it. And we're just gonna call this day and win this thing like twenty-one to three. Just just get a yeah. W and move on.
0: Yep, I can definitely see that outcome for sure. All right, boys, this is a Dynasty podcast. We have to talk about some rookies uh, Mm. on this show and really talk about, for this segment, what we saw in week one and kind of like, you know, what's the, what's the, just the first, you know, you get, it's a brand new present, right? Like you get this new gift on your roster. You're like so excited. Open it up. What do you see? What's your first take? Let's start with the man with, I mean, just swag level on a hundred. Joe Burrow coming out and and we're recording on Friday. So last night we saw him on national TV. We were talking about it in in the group text that we have with uh, Kate, Michelle and the three of us. And just like, I mean, I'm blown away with how good he looks as a rookie. Now, granted there week one, there was a little bit of like, what Joe, what are you doing, buddy? But his pocket presence, his accuracy, the rapport with, I mean, the coaching staff to let him open it up and chuck it deep is, is great. Um, I'm impressed. I think he's going to be an absolute stud in this league for years to come. Uh, Your guys' first reaction there to Joe Burrow. Yeah. I mean,
1: I I think back to recent quarterbacks, recent highly drafted quarterbacks. And like, you know, I think back to Baker Mayfield's rookie season. He did some great things, set a rookie touchdown record, had some flashes of pretty amazing stuff. But I feel like watching Joe Burrow is not like watching a rookie. Right. He looks so I get the same impression. clean, so polished, just like a player who's going to be a star in this league for a long, long time already. So, yeah, I am 100% on the Joe Burrow train. I still, I'm holding out to see Tua before I make any final calls, but Tua has a high bar to hit to do what we expected and predicted for him to do, which is be the best fantasy quarterback in this rookie draft class he's gonna have a high bar with Joe Burrow setting it where he has
2: I I agree but let's temper expectations because that Brown's defense looks really really bad that's that's so, also fair so let's yep. just let's let's stretch this out I'm very encouraged by what we saw he looked phenomenal his pocket presence was great he's got the demeanor he's like the next Joe cool in the NFL. Um, like oh, yeah. he's he's just has that personality that you want to see in a franchise quarterback, and I'm very encouraged and optimistic about his outlook. I thought that it would be a little bit more of a learning curve for him, um, but going out there and chucking it what 61 times, like that's ridiculous to <laughs> ask of a rookie quarterback. Yeah, that quarterback. was wild. Like that's insane. Um, so I'm excited, but let's hold on and wait and see what happens when they have to play the Steelers twice. Like, let's, let's just slow down a little bit until mm. we see some really stout defenses. Baltimore's defense is is great. Steelers, mm-hmm. are, those are probably two of the top five defenses in the NFL. So, and he's going to have to play both of them twice this year. So let's just, yes, I'm excited. It was a great showing. Fantastic statistically. Great for fantasy. But let's just slow the roll a little bit before we anoint him the, the next Patrick Mahomes.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally on board with that. Um, it is encouraging though, to kind of see the first glance, like, all right, this guy is not just out there doing the headlights, like looks like he, I mean, he knows what he's doing. And the other thing too, you know, putting a fantasy spin on it, no one talks about his ability to tuck the ball and run. Mm. I mean, he's picking up so good chunk plays like six yards here, seven yards there. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh, when did Joe Burrow get 30 rushing yards in that game? And that matters so much in fantasy. Like it's just an underrated aspect. That's what Gardner Minshew did last year. And then all offseason, we were like, Gardner's gonna finish inside the top 15 because he can run the ball. Guys, I think Joe Burrow come season's end is gonna surprise a lot of people at his fantasy finish. Not saying he's gonna be top 10, but like if he's gonna be quarterback 14 at the end of the year, I would not be shocked at all yeah, with how either. bad that defense is. We saw it last night, right? Threw the ball 61 times. Like, <laughs> what is happening? Uh it was great. But I I'm super impressed. Uh, fellas, the only thing I want to ask is initial take, moving him up in your dynasty ranks, staying the same. Obviously, I don't think we're moving him down, but do you think we've seen enough to move him up a little bit after the first couple games? Um,
1: I don't know about move him up. I think I already had him pretty high because I think we expected him to be good. And he has a a good bevy of weapons. By the way, AJ Green has seen about a thousand and five targets in the first two weeks and done nothing with them. If yeah, he actually nope. like gets his feet under him, in, or what fixes whatever his problem is, his hands start working. I don't know. He, Joe Burrow could get even better. But I, I think he's probably staying around where I still had him. But it's very encouraging to know that he is not going to have a a slow. He's not going to have a Sam Darnold. I don't think progression where we still think this guy could be good, but he's just in such a mess that we can't trust him for fantasy. I think Burrow's going to be a contributor right out the gate.
2: I agree. And sure. I'm, I'm on the same thought process there. I'm holding in terms of where I have him ranked because I just need to see more. It's kind of like, that was a really fantastic showing against, you know, a big 12 also, defense, but his let's just y- slow down. Like,
1: his efficiency was terrible by the way. It was. He yeah, was splitting out. Like he He's threw still, 61 passes and still barely topped 300 yards. So th- right. that is worth mentioning. Right. But he,
2: he still has some growing to do. His pocket presence looks good, but that line is such trash that it's it's speeding up his clock and forcing him into some not great decisions and some of those are going to end up turning into turnovers. Like there's going to be things where there's going to be some growing pains for him. But I am optimistic about where he's heading. So I'm, I'm holding for now, and I'm going to wait for him to kind of prove it.
1: Uh, Love it. Very briefly, bets before we move on, just because it's not mentioned anywhere else in our show, and I feel like I need to get it out into the universe, who oh, saw of- Kyler Murray's rushing touchdown?
0: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: Gosh,
2: you want to know what it was? You want to know great. what it was? It was super Mario when he hits the star and goes, here we go. Yeah, takes off. <laughs> yes. That's what Kyler did. It was absolutely Listen, phenomenal. I was watching I it live I- and I was just like,
1: I haven't seen enough hype on Twitter for what Kyler Murray did in week one, so I'm just throwing it out there really quickly before we move on because we're not going to talk about him in this show at all other than this, me forcing him into it. <laughs> he hit 100 rushing yards yeah. and then kneeled his way. It, like, shotgun kneeled nine yards away, which was the worst. But he hit 100 rushing yards.
2: Yeah. And he yeah. looked disgusting Against it. the Niners. Yeah.
1: Yes. This is exactly what we said. Yep. Will they let him loose? Will they unleash him in year two? Yes. Uh, yes. yes. And and that one run. Okay. Everybody has talked about Lamar Jackson's runs, over, in, especially last year. That that one Bengals run with the spin. Sure. That run that we saw from Kyler Murray was as good as anything we've seen from Lamar Jackson Absolutely. in the last two years. I'm not 100%. even going to sugarcoat it. It was disgusting. This guy is going to be the, with Lamar, the top one of the top two rushing quarterbacks for the next 10 years and he can throw
0: oh my pants yes, are off he can the, the, the pants <laughs> are officially off on this show uh yeah no the thing that was so encouraging about just watching them play was the the entire debate was like okay the first half of the year their pace was up they were lightning fast fantasy gold and then the second half they were kind of slower still good but slower for sure and now we find out, okay, that's what Cliff wants to do. They want to go fast, and they did it in, against the Niners. I called that game, too. I was like, they're going to come out and win this game. Like, the Niners yep. are not as good as they were last year. Injuries galore. Defense regression, for sure. They lost their cornerbacks coach. Like, yeah, definitely, definitely arrow up for Kyler. And, oh, my God, DeAndre Hopkins with the oh, Out of un- control. Freaking real. Unreal. All right, we got to move on. <laughs> Clyde Edwards-Alaire came out, stole the show on Thursday Night Football in week one. I mean, we've been on the guy for a while. We've liked him. Obviously, the landing spot is great. I mean, not Okada. But no, okay. he was kind of I crazy. was trashing
2: the dude since January.
0: No, no. Just tempering. <laughs> but the thing that was so encouraging about it was like, okay, he's going to be a great pass catching back in this league, but wait a minute, he's getting 25 carries. Like, if he can add pass catching to that... Oh, my God. Watch out. Uh, fellas, your first reaction here to Clyde edwards in the NFL?
1: I, it was something I mentioned in a text train that we were having while a lot of game was yep. happening. The biggest takeaway for me was nothing about CEH. It was that offensive line.
2: They were killing him.
1: Yep. I don't care if you put Frank Gore right now behind that offensive line. He'd probably he's get
2: 4.5 behind that line. He's Yes, he oh, would yeah.
1: have 100-yard yeah. games. They looked so good And CEH, on first glance, I thought he was kind of just getting what was given to him. Yeah. On second glance, watching it back, I think he did make a lot of good plays on his own. He looked very shifty. I don't know. He kind of maybe seemed to go down on contact a little earlier than I would have liked. But he was making moves in the open field. And none of that, honestly, even really matters too much with this offense. In fantasy, opportunity and offense for running backs is usually more important, certainly as important as talent of the player. And we saw all three in week one, Ooh, uh, uh, Damian Williams. Even if he comes back, I don't think he's getting the job back. The, we're, no. Ceh, he's gone. Come on. No. Ceh is going to be a, a top five running back potentially yep. for the next five years.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, who would have thought that Jonathan Taylor would catch six passes and Ceh would catch none? Uh, let's <laughs> True. let's yeah, just let's just talk about that for a second. But yeah, I mean, his damage being one hundred percent on the ground. Um, and them having more, a higher rushing percentage than they've had in like two and a half years, I think it is, um, was big. That's weird. It's kind of interesting to see. It's it, it makes me kind of wonder, like, what does this mean for Pat and the rest of the offense in terms of their fantasy output on the year? I don't know that that trend is going to hold and be exactly what it's going to be for the entire season, but it might. And if it is, fantastic for CEH, but... I don't know. Maybe it's not 5,000 yards and 40 touchdown passes for for Patrick Mahomes like everyone seems to think it is. So um, it's interesting. But, yeah, CEH looked really, really good. I think that he got better as the game went on um, from a creativity standpoint, from an ability to kind of make on his own after what's just blocked uh, for him. You know, we were kind of in that group text together and, and kind of all on the same page on that thought process um but yeah it is all systems go when when he does get involved in the passing game and he will it, it's it's scary
0: yeah. yeah the thing that i'm i'm most excited about is just uh the competence from andy Reid to use ceh over and over and over again inside the five yard line inside the 10 yard line and just got stuffed repeatedly yeah. now Again, it's his first NFL game. Like you right. can't expect perfection out of the guy, but uh, I want to see him grow in that role. And if he can, I mean, come on, they're going to be inside the five yard line. Yes. Like every, every other <laughs> every other drive. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that is to me. Yeah. I mean, wheels up on uh, on CH for sure. I'm going to skip the next guy because I want to come back to him. Ooh. James Robinson, interesting player hmm. to, to talk about in Dynasty. Comes out in week one, 16 carries for Jacksonville and and kind of the perfect storm, right? Like we had like Rockwell Armstead go on the COVID list and so unfortunate, by the way, like I, I hope he's back soon, but he was kind of supposed to be the guy when they let go of Leonard Fournette and then, you know, from there it was just like, okay, now maybe it's going to be Divino Zigbo. Oh wait, he's on IR with a hamstring injury. James Robinson, you're the next dude up. Uh, fellas, he came out. I thought he looked decent. Yep. Like I was kind of surprised against the Colts in week one. Uh, John, I mean you're the you're the RB guy on the show. Your thoughts on James Robinson and maybe just a little bit of like background on him, like where he went to college and all that kind of stuff. People don't really know about James Robinson very much uh in dynasty or in fantasy, really. Yeah. Out of nowhere.
2: Yeah, James Robinson was the uh fourth running back on the depth chart uh coming into this offseason, which is basically why nobody was talking about him, right? Like he he didn't seem like he was in a position to uh to to matter at all. So James Robinson um he is not the fastest guy, but he has decent quickness. Like his his 40 time, if I remember right, was like 4.67, I think it was. So he didn't really wow at the combine, nothing like that. Um, but he looked quick. He looked twitchy um in uh in short spaces in that game. The amount of work that he got was good. Um, he went to, I believe, Illinois State?
0: Yeah, yeah he's, yes, Illinois man.
2: State is where he was out of. So, I mean, not exactly a powerhouse for for running back production. Um, you know, he really went overlooked by a lot of people because no one expected Leonard Fournette to get traded, and then the two guys in front of him to both end up hurt. So, all of a sudden, yeah. he's just thrown into the role, and it's like, here you go, let's see what you can do. And he looked good. He looked pretty twitchy. He looked pretty powerful. Um, I was impressed. Like, that Colts defense is a pretty good defense with DeForest Buckner, Darius Leonard. They, they've got some guys on that side of the ball. Um, and he looked pretty decent. And they have nobody else. So, if they're not bringing in Devontae Freeman because he's apparently asking for way too much money from everybody, then – A goof. Yeah, seriously, dude. Um then I think that he's going to continue to hold on to this job, and I I, I think that he's an option. I, I'm not sure what to make of it long-term because Jacksonville's you know pretty much tanking. And they're going to be terrible, and there might be a new running back in that backfield next year, and he might not get another crack at it. But I like him for this year. If you've rostered him, if you picked him up on waivers, ride it out. Let's see what happens. This could be a guy that gives you RB2 numbers on the season, potentially, because there's no one else stealing carries from him.
1: Yeah, I will say if you didn't and he's on another team's roster and you're thinking should I trade for him? I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm I that think that the like anyone who got him off waivers is going to be a douche and say that they want a second <laughs> from you from for this guy who's the lead running back on his team who went undrafted and, in
2: your rookie drafts.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah. And and I'm saying heck heck
2: no. Heck no. Uh, to oh, that heck one.
1: no. <laughs> um I, I, I honestly don't even really feel very, super confident that he's gonna keep the job if it will Raquel if and when Raquel Arm- Armstead comes off the COVID list, which I imagine should happen. It's not like he's dealing with an injury. Right. Pretty I don't really know what's soon. going on there, but yeah. So yeah, yeah. This yeah. Is, I don't think he's the next Arian Foster
0: no. or Raheem Mostert even. I'm in. Yeah, I'm intrigued. I mean, but if someone's willing to give me a second, if I have him, which I don't oh have my him anywhere, goodness. but oh. if I did, yes, yes, you can have him for. A That's second. free money, him uh, off. Yeah, free money. Unless, yeah, and then if you have him and no one's really willing to give you anything more than like a fourth, like just hold him and you've yeah. got a got a flex play each week. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you on that one. But boys, I mean, John, are the pants on? Uh, because we're gonna talk about Jonathan <sighs> Taylor, and oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, it's, it sucks the way it happened. Yeah. We talked about it all off season. Yeah. When is Marlon Mack going to fade out? It's super unfortunate. It tears his Achilles in week one. Yeah, you hate to see it. Really uh, and you. clearly done for the year. But regardless, the fantasy fallout is Jonathan Taylor to the damn moon. I yeah. mean, come on. I put this out on Twitter. I was like, you know, if we knew what we know now about fantasy, like in redraft leagues, Jonathan Taylor goes easy round one. Yep. You guys agree or disagree? Yep. Yes. Yeah. I mean, getting the... Well, uh, Well, go ahead. Uh, uh,
1: Use pause. If we knew what was happening to Marlon Mackie, whatever, sure. If we also knew what what Ninjano Hines was going to look like in week one, that might have put another slight damper on it.
0: No. But Mm -hmm. probably not. Mm -hmm. I'm not concerned at all. I'm going to kick it back to – I want to let John, because, I mean, this is a boy. But, I mean, Phillip Rivers, it it doesn't matter who is in the backfield. They are getting the football in the air. Nobody is talking about Jonathan Taylor's PPR value. And his half PPR oh. value, it is going to be there, and it's not because I think he's a great pass catcher. He's good. He's not great, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> Philip Rivers is going to stand there, do his weird little like three or three quarters arm, chuck it to the side so kind of thing, and just drop not it off. Bad. Yeah, it's the worst throwing motion. It's, I've it's ever what seen he about does. Him. It's pretty and bad. Really, I mean, I would not be surprised to see Jonathan Taylor finishes an RB one this season yeah. as a rookie. I'm super excited, John. Your thoughts?
2: Yeah, that's happening. Um, he's going to be an (laughs) RB. Can't confirm. Can confirm. It's going to happen. Um, listen, I, I have clearly been pounding the table, man crush over Jonathan Taylor since, you know, December, January. Um, I still hate what happened to Marlon Mack. And I I don't want to see anyone take victory laps about injuries. It's gross behavior. Don't do it. Like when it happened, I put a tweet out there still saying like, listen, I feel for Marlon Mack. That really sucks. Um that happened to him. He's going to miss the season. He's, you know, a lower drafted guy that um,
1: was probably trying to win a contract, a second contract. Cause he had a great rookie get drafted. Exactly. And now he's, not gonna get and now he's
2: probably not. So, I mean, it could yeah. potentially end his career. It could happen. Um, and that sucks for him. And I really do feel bad for him on the Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor side of it though. He is now the bell cow back of this offense with an elite offensive line. What he showed in the open field, Made me feel things. Um, it was, mm. it was so special. Like it was so unbelievable what and things? so so good to see. He's the he's just the fastest guy on the field. Like that little screen, that backside screen pass to him, where he took off. And if it mm-hmm. wasn't for a wide receiver blocking at the five yard line, he probably would have scored. Like that receiver blocking actually got in his way. Um, he was so fast. Like I'm, I've watched it uh, like probably 15 times since it happened and he's just <laughs> on the repeat on when repeat. he goes to bed when, when i he wakes to, up yeah, in the morning. i mean it's it's my motivational speech in the morning is watching jonathan taylor go to work um <laughs> it's really fantastic to see he looks like an absolutely dynamic and elite playmaker they are drawing up plays to get him involved and get him touches in space philip rivers loves dumping it off to jonathan taylor there were people that were telling me that he wouldn't catch 30 passes on the season and he got six in the first week Like, stop it. Seems
1: like a good start. Stop
2: it. (laughs) Like, he's on pace. I'll take the over. I'm not even doing the on pace. If you cut that in half, if he does three per game for the rest of the season, it's over 50 receptions in his rookie season as a running back. So, he's off to a phenomenal start. And um, for Dynasty purposes, uh, there's, I think, only two running backs that I want more than him.
0: Ooh, who are they?
2: Oh, it was just Christian some McCaffrey, some scrubs, Christian McCaffrey, and then uh, the guy so that was cool. held to to six rushing yards by the yeah, that guy's crap, man. John is better than him it for sucks. sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, I mean it's, that was rough. It's, it's it's gonna be fantastic to see Minnesota this weekend. Got absolutely tore up by Green Bay last week. Um, yeah, the coming out party happens tomorrow. As you're listening to this, it's it's gonna be great. By the
1: way. This is a side note. This is why I... This is completely off track. This is why I rank Zeke above Saquon in Dynasty. What we saw in week one. Yep. That That's not that's not like a fluky, oh my gosh, that's never going to happen again. Well, six carries for 15 yards is never going to happen. Or 15 carries for well, six hey, yards hey, is never going to happen again. But, Denver
2: held Zeke to a very low stat line also. And I think it was his rookie season or his second year as well. A very in any similar case, situation happened to Zeke.
1: Yeah. This that Giants offense is not an elite like right. the Cowboys or several other offenses that we had, that our elite backs are on. And Saquon has always been a guy who does this. Yep. Sometimes, a lot of times, he will lose yards instead of just gaining three. Like if you told me I need to gain two yards, would I rather have Frank Gore or Saquon Barkley? I might take Frank Gore because he <laughs> always manages to fall for two yards. Now, if I want fifty, I'm always taking Saquon, sure. but. No, in all fair. seriousness, that's, though, that's yeah, really fair. That's gonna
2: knock on him since college. Even
1: Kamara, I think, maybe needs to be in the conversation. I think, I think ranking Saquon number two automatically because he's the most talented might be a dangerous proposition. So just
0: be aware of that if you're a fantasy player.
2: No, I, I yeah, hear what you're saying. I, I, think that's that's, that's, that's a fair really point.
0: Helpful. Nobody better in the NFL than Frank Gore at the two-yard rod. No, I mean the dude is just. <laughs> Oh, he's great. Downhill, he's going to
2: pinball off the the first person and then fall (laughs) for that second yard. It's going to go shoulder pad and then fall and get the first down. That's Frank Gore every single time.
0: Classic. We are going to talk more rookies in the future. Don't even worry about it, guys, on the list, you know, listeners. We'll be back for more rookie talk. But but I want to get to guys that, you know, Like, I have weird, like, I'm not sure what's happening feelings about these players. And I want to get your guys' take because we're going to do a little game of panic or patience. Mm. I've got a uh, quarterback, a couple of running backs, wide receiver, and a tight end who, entering the year, I mean, these guys are like dynasty studs and maybe not one of the running backs. We're talking about Mark Ingram. He's more of a redraft play. But regardless, we were expecting a lot of production and things are looking a little questionable after one week. I want to get your temperature. Let's start at the quarterback position. Deshaun Watson. Make no mistake about it. The loss of DeAndre Hopkins was evident as anything I've seen in week one. I mean, come on. Randall Cobb, Kenny Stills, Brandon Cooks. I mean, was hurt, but but those three dudes are not even 75% of what DeAndre Hopkins can do. Case in point, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins (laughs) in Week One. I mean, yeah. So, fellas, I mean, this was the concern, Okada. You brought it up. You are the most pessimistic, I think, about Deshaun. Uh, I think I was right there
2: with you, pretty much. We were both pretty. uh, Yeah. I mean, what are you guys'
0: thoughts? Is this is this a panic situation? He finishes the quarterback twelve on the week, thanks to some garbage time and some rushing. But I mean, dynasty value. What are we thinking here with Deshaun Watson? Panic hard one freak out panic
2: are you talking <laughs> in the office before when the fire is happening before before you you go into your diatribe here are you talking yes just 2020 or dynasty value long term
0: um let i was gonna say let's do 2020 okay. because i mean things change so much yeah like year to year I mean, like let's, let's say they go out and they draft if he gets like, rondale more next year class. like sure. yeah now, yeah, yeah. I, I will say, a great quarterback.
1: I, I will focus on 2020, but he's never getting a DeAndre Hopkins again. There's, it's just not happening. I don't care if they draft a wide receiver number one in the next three drafts. The chances of them finding another DeAndre Hopkins are extremely low. And if you didn't believe how much of an impact DeAndre Hopkins had on Deshaun Watson, go watch the game. Go watch the Cardinals game and see how much of an impact it had on Kyler Murray. High
2: in his Disgusting. first game with Kyler against the but, Niners.
1: Yes. However, the main, the, the main issue, there's, this is what we know about Deshaun Watson, guys. He finishes a QB 12. Okay. That's nice. I don't, I'm not. He's not going to be the QB 4 every week. He can still be the QB 4 in fantasy. Except he had a rushing touchdown and Will Fuller did everything. And Will Fuller is Will Fuller, which means in five weeks, Deshaun Watson's probably not going to have Will Fuller. And then it's going to be five times worse. And if he doesn't get a rushing touchdown, he has 14 points instead of 20. Guys, uh, is he uh, outside of the QB1 range in Dynasty? No. He's still there. Is he the number three or four where he would have been? No. And I don't think it's close. I think he's double that. Maybe even back towards the 810 range now. I'm sorry. I usually side with, and Betts is the number one proponent of this, But the concept of talent over anything else in Dynasty, specifically, and especially when it comes to quarterbacks and receivers. Running backs, as I mentioned, really is a lot about opportunity and all that. But uh, DeAndre Hopkins, man, he made Deshaun Watson what he has been for fantasy (laughs) over the past few years, despite how good Watson is. This sucks for Watson, and it is going to continue to suck, and I think it's going to suck worse than it did in week one before it gets much better.
2: Yeah, I agree. For 2020 purposes, it's a panic big time. And, I mean, we were saying it before the season started. It's pretty easy to predict that this is going to be his worst season in the NFL. Um, I don't think that that's really much of a question without having a DeAndre Hopkins out there. He accounted for, what was it, like 34% of the offense last year? Like, that's ridiculous. That's absurd. You can't replace that. So, yep. losing DeAndre Hopkins um, is a kiss of death from uh, Bill O'Brien. And that sucks that big Bob. time. Now, if things continue to be contentious between the Bears and Allen Robinson and he can swing a trade to bring him down there, then all of a sudden. Uh, he we can't. Be, we might be having He's a different B. B. conversation. Well, he, he can. make a good <laughs> No, no, no. He can. He'll just overpay for it. Um, that's true. Five firsts, maybe five firsts. can get it done. Our next five, you pancake eating MFR. Um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's get wrecked. get wrecked. It's dangerous. It's uh it's it's not good. Oh my God. It's not good at all for Deshaun Watson. I will say though, that I just went out and I gave two firsts to acquire him in a rebuild. Um hmm. Yeah,
0: that's great. Because Super flex? Yep. Because the yeah, yeah. because yeah, the like
2: value it. was low coming out of that game and I have two other firsts next year plus, like, four seconds. And I went out, and I got Deshaun Watson for two of those firsts. And I was like, yes, please. Help the rebuild. That rebuild team actually won week one with with Jonathan, Ooh, with Jonathan Taylor. That. I was like, oh, okay. Maybe I'm not rebuilding. I, gotta cool. re-analyze so I got to reanalyze the some team this week year. six. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so his value is definitely down right now. He might be a good trade target to go out and try to acquire, um, see like if you can that. get him on the cheap. Um, because he is uber talented, and if they can get some wide receivers back around him, um, then maybe he can kind of regain that top six status. But I don't think he's top six right now. Um, it's going to be a while until he is.
0: Yeah, I mean, guys, I was the most optimistic, and and just watching week one, I was like, man, this is. I was I'm wrong. You know, like I'm willing to throw in the towel week one. I love Deshaun Watson. Uh, he's a great player. He is a winner, and he figures it out. But. I mean, it just looked so, so bad in week one. And that was without a couple of starting cornerbacks for the Chiefs. I mean, and a great game script for a quarterback to come out and just smash. Yeah, I'm nervous. I mean, I love him in Dynasty. I'm not willing to like panic and just get rid of him. But yes, for 2020, if you thought you were a contender and you had a top five quarterback, I don't know if that's the case anymore. So I'm with you guys on that. Give
2: Deshaun Watson and a first for Kyler Murray.
0: Intriguing. Ooh. I like it. Uh, Mark Ingram, boys, was supposed to be the lead back this year. Oh. J.K. Dobbins said, oh, hell no. Oh, <laughs> he comes boy. in. After one week, we have J.K. Dobbins finishing as the running back 15. Mark Ingram, the running back 62. It's a small sample, but the numbers just kind of sound like more intense and they sound better for a podcast, so I'm going to say yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but, fellas, your thoughts on like the Ravens in general? Is it going to be 50-50 split? People that ha- thought they had an RB two Mark Ingram are they wrong? What do you th- What are your thoughts there? Me, same. <laughs> no, uh, I'm not freaking oh, I out. Like
1: it. I'm not freaking out about Mark Ingram. Dang. J.K. Dobbins had two goal line touchdowns right. on seven carries yep. in this game. And to be fair, Mark Ingram only had ten carries and he was less efficient than Dobbins was. However, we saw. I don't think Ingram has fallen from. Our fringe RB1 last year in terms of efficiency in this offense to terrible old geezer Frank Gore this year in the span of a year, I think he's still going to be good. So I, I expect him to continue to be the lead back in terms of carries that's not named Lamar Jackson and to not give up two touchdowns to J.K. Dobbins every week. Is J.K. Dobbins going to be more of a contributor early on than maybe we thought? Yes, that I could probably get on board with. And is Ingram maybe going to be the fringe RB1 we were hoping for again? Probably not. But is he going to be the back-end RB2 slash flex play reliably, pretty reliably on a weekly basis That you is really what you had to draft him as if you drafted this year? Yes, I think he continued to be that. So I'm not freaking out too much on Ingram. However, I will say, if he has a really strong two or three game stretch, I might try to trade him then, because I do think he loses this job completely in the not-too-distant future.
2: Yeah, I I really expected um, him to have a stronger start to the year, so I am on tilt a little bit uh, when it comes to Mark Ingram. Um I have him in a lot of places, a lot of leagues. I I probably have roughly 50% exposure to Mark Ingram. um, Because I really thought that he would come out here would maintain his job for a majority of the season. I know that they like Gus Edwards behind him as well. Um, And then here comes JK Dobbins faster than expected. And, Listen, I wasn't high on J.K. Dobbins, the prospect. Like He was still fine. It's not like I was like, he's my 10th running back in the rookie class. I just had him a couple pegs lower than most people. Um, but that is a perfect scheme and a perfect system for him. So when he does get a stranglehold on the starting touches, J.K. Dobbins is going to be really effective in this offense. Um Gosh, I drafted Keyshawn Vaughn over J.K. Dobbins in a couple places, and I'm kicking myself Ooh, so hard. Oh, Keyshawn. You, oh, God. You, you hate to see it. Um, but you hate Bruce. to see it. Yeah, it, it hurts. It really does. But I am cautiously optimistic that Mark Ingram shows better production going forward, and hopefully that was just a, a low watermark for the start of the year. But I definitely am kind of dabbing the brow a little bit with with him being in a few flex spots this weekend. Um, I would feel much better if we can get a week of good productivity out of him and and kind of reassure my nerves there a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, the schedule kind of sets up for J.K. Dobbins to come in and be more productive than maybe he will be season long because, you know, you just talked about it, that Brown's defense is not good. No. They not smashed, good. and it was like, okay, let's just yeah, not good. not good. Let's just save Mark Ingram, J.K. Get in there, and then you know what? This week they got Houston, and I guarantee they're gonna smash. Oh, so yeah. are they are they gonna turn to J.K. Dobbins again? Probably. Probably. Mark Ingram owner in your league is gonna say, oh crap, but it's two soft matchups. I would not be shocked to see week three, week four, week five, Mark Ingram still being the lead ball carrier. So if you're a contender i might go out and just be like you know what man like look the tides are turning get out now i'll give you like a late second and a fourth like you want to get rid of mark ingram or something like that Mm, because i I could still see a situation where mark ingram is valuable this season i still think Uh, but yes jk dobbins obviously the future i
2: still think that Mark Ingram is going to be the guy that they're going to turn to when the weather gets cold and they're playing in the nfc north like when it's when it's december football in pittsburgh it's, it's going to be Mark Ingram that, that's probably pounding the rock. The, a guy that they have confidence in, knows the system, doesn't you know have fumble issues. You're not putting all your faith into a rookie on a team that you're expecting to be contending for the top of your division. Potentially even like fighting for that one seed in the AFC if everything goes right for them. Um, I still think that Mark Ingram is going to be a guy that's going to be heavily involved and will keep his value over the course of the season. I don't think JK Dobbins just like totally supplants him in 2020. They're both going to be involved on the yep. season. And I think the marketing room is still going to hold his value over the course of the year. I agree with what you're saying though. If he puts up another really low output this year, I'd try and go buy, if I'm a contending team, I'd try to go buy him, uh, try to see if I can get him cheap and have him as a flex play for the rest of the year.
0: Yep. I think I'm with you on that one. thoughts so let's move on to a pair of teammates. We talked about it at the, at the top of the show with the contracts. Robert Woods got paid. Cooper Cup got paid, but only one came out and was good for fantasy in week one. It was Robert Woods, Bobby trees. wide receiver 18. Bobby Trees, Cooper Cup, wide receiver 61. I think we could probably keep this kind of quick. I am not concerned at all about this. Okada shaking his head. No, anyone worried about Cooper Cup with the week one performance?
2: Not a wee bit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Listen. He was still working out of the slot. He yep. was still getting targeted on third down. He was still getting wide open in this offense, which is what McVay always does. And Cooper Cup is an underrated route runner who is able to do that on his own as well. And uh, interesting note about this, this game script, and it's uh, important for Goff as well. This team made it into the red zone five times, had two rushing touchdowns, two field goals, and a missed field goal. That is not going to be the case every week. No. They are going to throw touchdowns. And Cooper Cup, and Cooper Cup they love is going in the to catch them. They yes. The Absolutely. Woods and him are going to switch back and forth in value yep. almost every other week. Yep. It's just going to be the way that it is. But both of them are going to be high end wide receiver twos or better by the end of the year. Yep.
2: Co signed. Yep. Moving on.
0: With you on that. All right. Another pair of teammates. Boys, we're talking about my Eagles. I mean, Zach Gertz is supposed to be the dude we talked about. Ooh. He's got the chemistry with Wentz. Oh, my God. We lost to Washington. Like, wow, we lost. Uh, hey, anyway. we called it. Yeah, we did. And, I hey, I mean, I like making some money, so I bet plus six and a half with Washington. I'm not afraid to admit that. I knew it was going to be a train wreck. It like it's all probably this, your fault. <laughs> no offensive line. No offensive line. Stud defensive line. out. Yep. They didn't change the game plan. They let Wentz drop back on, like, seven-step drops. They can't, they're going to block for him on that, right? So it was just, it was a mess. Anyway, Zach Ertz, hate to see it. Zach Ertz comes out early, touchdown. You're like, all right, here we go. Dallas Goddard steals the show. If you are a Zach Ertz owner and you are a contender, are you panicking or patience in 2020?
1: No, you are not panicking. It's simply because both of these guys can probably be good for the entire season, which is crazy. I don't know if we've seen that since Gronk and you-know-who, whose name I can't really mention. Uh Uh-huh. But Mm. these, they don't have any receivers. Uh, Jalen Rager looked okay, but he's not going to be a wide receiver one type of guy for a team even, let alone for fantasy. Right. These are their two guys. They're going to lean on these two tight ends, and I think both are going to be productive for fantasy. I I don't think it's going to be too common that Goddard out-targets Ertz. I think it might be common that he gets the higher yardage total and maybe scores maybe more touchdowns. Who knows? But Ertz has always been... A catch monster, you know, a tight end record, I believe. Or it was it a target record? Catch Uh, catch record. record.
2: Catch record. Um, Both, yeah. Both, I think. Two years ago? Yeah. 136. He's
1: going to be fine. He's going to be fine. Something like that, yeah. A lot. That sounds right. It was a
2: lot. Um, Yeah, you're not panicking. It's almost as if a a certain podcast in the offseason, when doing their positional rankings, um, put Mm. two tight ends from one team both in the top twelve. Oh, I, I don't oh, know. Who would do do such a thing? I don't know. Oh, very edgy us. That's oh. right. That's the thing that happened. We've been saying that this entire. Remember how you and I, Okada, we had our lovely little moment where we were like, the wide receiver one on this team is yes, yes. Zach Ertz, the wide receiver and the wide receiver two is yes. Dallas Goddard, <laughs> the wide receiver three is Miles, Miles Sanders. Sanders. Yes. That is what we saw, but obviously not the Miles Sanders part, but he's coming back. It's going to run through the tight ends. You're going to have two very fantasy viable tight ends on this team. Um, Dallas Goddard's going to, like you said, probably have a higher yardage total. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Um, he'll definitely have a higher yards after the catch because Zachary's catch is and false. But hmm. these two tight ends are both going to be very, very fantasy viable. One you just happen to get about eight rounds later than the other. Um, so, if you got Dallas Goddard, congratulations. If you have Zach Ertz, you're fine. Don't panic. Just hold.
0: True, with you on that. But I mean, the I'm just so excited for whenever the time comes that Dallas Goddard is the dude. He's gonna smash. Yeah, he looks fantastic. Out well, there. and
1: this team would be wise ahead. to trade away Zach Ertz for some picks because they clearly need to rebuild.
2: I can okay. see that happening. Okay. <laughs>
0: We're not far away. I'm I no, no. I, I mean, it would probably
2: be a smart thing. They're having contract. We're not far arguments. away. Arguments. Uh, they, uh, they, they need on it the line at least one. Send them to Seattle. <laughs> we could use an eighth tight end.
0: True. Why not? Yeah, for sure. And and real quick, before we move on, Zach Ertz still played more snaps than Dallas Goddard. So if mm. anyone's super worried about that, don't be. Yeah, I'm with you guys. All right, we're going to move on to the last segment here tonight, fellas. Before we do. We have a new sponsor to talk about and to thank for sponsoring the show. That is Thrive Fantasy. You can find it in your your podcast app. Go check them out on Android, on uh, on Apple. Download the app. This is what you're going to do, okay? If you like betting player props, which I love because it ties perfectly with fantasy, it's perfect, right? You can bet on yardage totals or touchdowns or interceptions or whatever it is. And when you do it, you get to pick from about 20 player props they set for the NFL. You pick 10, and then you enter a contest, kind of like DFS. And if you're good at player props, which if you're reading the Bet's Bet's column on Patreon, you're going to be, you are going to make money with this app, and it is a fantastic place to play. It's so fun. So check out Thrive Fantasy. When you do, be sure to enter the code Ball Blast when you sign up. You're gonna get 20 bucks for free with our code, but you got to make sure that you deposit at least 20 dollars to get that bonus. So $20 deposit, enter code BALLBLAST. Doesn't matter. You know, not cap uh, sensitive at all. Enter the code, get 20 bucks for free. I mean, come on. I love free money. I like free money. You guys do too. Free obviously. Good. Who doesn't? Yeah. And you make a few extra bucks playing on, on Threat Fans. Check it out. All right, boys. Last segment. We got to look forward to week two. That was kind of our week one recap. John, I'm kicking to you first, man. What are you watching for in week two here as the, the NFL kicks oh, off tomorrow? So
2: there is a. Uh, historically, PPR monster of a running back that was drafted incredibly highly, uh, who had how many catches in the first week? One? A single a, sing- a single one, a one. This is Austin Eckler. Um, I am concerned about this offense, especially considering the defense that they win against just got absolutely shredded on Thursday Night football by a team that's supposed to be worse than them, and they're not. So <laughs> I'm very concerned about the way that the, the Chargers are operating. Um, Ty God Taylor is scrambling out and chucking it deep, and it's fantastic for Michael Williams. He is the one aspect of this offense that yes! I, am, I, am, huzzah! Huzzah! I am loving some Mike Will right now. I will never give up my I'm, love for him. <laughs> I won't <laughs> either. I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm hook, line, and sinker. I'm in on Mike Will. Um, he's looking great. His usage is great. The deep targets are there. He was like a a couple of inches away from picking up an extra like 50 yards on a few throws. Um, his usage usage is awesome. Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler are very concerning to me because as we saw, Phillip Rivers apparently loves to throw to his running backs because Jonathan Taylor got six. And then Naheem Hines was like an RB one. Um, so without him in, la for these chargers i'm very concerned austin eckler did get great usage on the ground which is awesome you love that um off the top of my head i can't remember i think he had like 78 rushing yards something like that um on like six
0: 19 carries 19
2: carries yeah so he had good usage on the ground that's great but this is a guy that you expect to catch like six eight ten passes in this offense and he had one and then the coaches even came out and said on i think it was on monday this offense is going to look different. Like they're coming out and saying this offense is going to look different. We're going to be running the ball and pushing it down the field. It's not predicated on getting the ball into shallow space. So I'm I'm very, very concerned about Austin Eckler. If he doesn't get the PPR usage, it's going to be really hard for him to return value on his ADP. Um, and that's just something that we're going to have to continue to watch going forward. You know when
1: this offense is going to look different? Chargers coaches, when you put in Justin Herbert in Week Six against the Jets, like John and I said,
2: Jets, 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 Jets.
1: Tyrod is not going to last the season. Get him out of my face. Yeah. Get Herbert in there. Yeah. I trust Eckler to be a good pass catcher. And the the rushing usage was actually encouraging. I was honestly maybe more encouraged by what we saw in Week One. So I think we're going to feel
0: okay. We'll see. I mean, this, you guys know, we talked about it a ton. This was my concern was just like, is the offense going to be the same? I mean, it's a small sample size. We can't, we can't make a final conclusion, but I'm definitely watching that closely. Um, Especially in week two, knowing that Justin Jackson is out. It's just Joshua Kelly and it's just Austin Eckler. So I want to see Eckler in on third downs. I want to see him catching passes from Tyrod Taylor. He's, that's what he does. He's great. I mean, he's a a good runner in general, but he's fantastic at catching the football. So yes, I want to see that too. Hopefully it happens. Okada, what are you watching for in week two? Oh, I'm watching for my boy,
1: Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk? Ayuk. making his NFL debut against the New York football doo-doo butters. (laughs) They are so bad. How bad are they? Absolutely wrecked. George Kittle (laughs) is not in this game. Debo Samuel is not in this game. We mentioned Mm. earlier, the running backs are going to be involved in the pass catching work. However, Brandon Ayuk is now going to be there. We are going to get to see his first action as a 49er. And it is going to be very key. Because if we see him come out and get seven, eight targets, which would be more than anyone got in week one, including Kittle, it is going to be pants off for me. We're all going to have our pants off (laughs) very early (laughs) into the season. There's
2: going to be a lot of Uh, flying pants this Sunday.
1: Yeah, iuke yeah. to the moon the breakaway ones that you wear yeah like <laughs> yeah yes.
2: absolutely i need to buy a pair wide receiver ones just of so that team. i can do some like gif videos GIFs. of the like, yes. ripaway yes. pants whenever jonathan yep. taylor hits one, oh it's yeah it's gonna be great uh
1: and and listen i'm not even watching for him to have a wide receiver two fantasy week i just want to see the targets yep. and the usage See if they go to him early and often, and if they're willing to rely on him, even though he's a rookie in his debut, given the fact that they have nothing else. Because if they do, it is going to be huge for what he means for that offense, and all of my offseason hopes are going to be realized, and it's going to be very fun.
2: Also, that defense is so terrible that it's entirely possible that he catches a screen pass and houses it from 60 out.
1: Yes. It could happen. He can do that
0: against good teams, so he can certainly do it against this team. It could happen. Boys, I'm watching to see what Josh Jacobs does on Monday Night Football. It's prime primetime game against the Saints. Week 1, I mean, it was predictable, right? I mean, the Panthers are so bad. It was good to see him come out and smash, but I want to see him do it against a, bad, a good defense, I should say, and then also in a, an environment where they are not favored to win because historically, before week 1, Josh Jacobs' yards from scrimmage average goes above 110 when they're winning. It is 86 when they are losing, so he is not on the field catching passes from Derek Carr, which is egregious. He's a great pass catching yeah. back. Why is he not on the okay. field? But anyway, I want to see if they made their mind to say, okay, you know what? This is the year. He's the guy in the pass catching game or not, because I still expect the Saints to win this game. And I want to see, like, you know, third quarter, fourth quarter, is he on the field when they are losing or is it Jalen Rashard, and we're just going to be sad because now he's not really going to reach his full ceiling? Ugh. I want to see it in week two. We'll find out. But, man, week one, so encouraging for Josh Jacobs. I actually wish I had more of him in Dynasty. I'm, A lot of touchdowns.
2: I'm kind of wondering if the Saints might want to be on upset alert on this one.
0: No. no. I,
2: I'm just I'm just saying. I'm not no. saying, but I'm nope. just saying. The way that <laughs> nope. they were able to run the ball. Nope. Okay. Hey, listen. <laughs> no. All right. That's fine. N-E-A-U-X. No. Um, well, that's cute, guys. Thank you for that. However. You're welcome. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if we don't have Michael Thomas and that offense is struggling to get going, even though the Raiders have a crap defense, and I get it, but if they are able to control this thing and control the time of possession and Josh Jacobs does what we think that he's capable of doing. There's a chance. Now it's entirely possible that the Saints win this 35 to 12 and I look stupid. However, I'm just saying I I can see a scenario where the game script plays out in favor of Josh Jacobs pounding it at the Saints and keeping the keeping the chain and the clock moving. Um, without Michael Thomas on the field, your only pass catcher is Emmanuel Sanders and Alvin Kamara. If if, this, if the defense doesn't have to cue on Michael Thomas, they could eliminate Emmanuel Sanders from it. I don't know. It's just going to be something to watch. It could look like crap, and the Saints could dominate this game. But with the injuries, it's making me just go, ah, maybe. Nope
0: cool guys <laughs> it is
2: john gruden on monday night
1: football i'm just john kidding gruden i'm just kidding <laughs> was good at announcing on monday night football i don't know he if was. he good at coaching on monday night football so we're gonna find that. out and i'm excited Fight to or two wide if banana. He's a coach,
0: yes <laughs> yeah if he's a good coach he'll put josh jacobs in to catch passes because he's great at doing it i'm excited to see all right boys that was a fantastic show i mean so much content packed into an hour and eight ish minutes uh listeners hopefully you enjoyed us being back in your podcast app, please, if you like what you're hearing, drop a rating, drop a review. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know how we're doing. You can find John at Dynasty Beard. Find Okada at Matt Okada. I'm at the fantasy PT. And the show is at Redshirts FF Pod. Don't forget to check out ballblastfootball.com. We are back next week. Enjoy week two. Good luck. Bring home a W. We'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Redshirts Dynasty Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedshirtsFFPod and check out ballblastfootball.com for all things fantasy football.